0: It's your girl, KDT, with a quick word before we start today's episode. First, cannot believe it, and I'm sure some of you feel the same way, next week is the week of Christmas, and in honor of that, I will be taking a week off from the mic, so my gift to all of you is to share a few of my favorite episodes during that time, so I hope you'll enjoy this look back with me next week. I can't believe it, but in a few months, I will have been doing this for an entire year. As for today's episode, y'all, I was going through the archives, realized that we recorded this. Months ago. I'm talking right after the stay at home orders began and we were no longer able to meet in person. Cannot believe that I totally forgot to share it with you. It is a great one. It's members of my tribe and I talking about what it's like to be women of color small business owners when you come to the table and people do not want to pay you what you're worth. We call this one Pay to Play. I hope that you enjoy it. As always, sit back, relax, and Merry Christmas. Hey, fam. Hello and welcome to In My Shoes, a podcast for women of color where we talk about all the issues that we face each and every single day. I am your host, Karen Davis Thompson. Super, super excited about our episode today. We're calling this one Pay to Play. I am joined by three women from my tribe. You've met them before, but this episode talks really more um, about what they do in their businesses and how that impacts Um, certain things that we'll be going over. I don't want to give it away just yet. So Maureen, Amber, and Janine are joining me today. I'm going to have them give you a little more information about what their side hustles, their businesses are, and then we'll get into this robust discussion. So Maureen, why don't you start?
1: Sure, Karen. Thank you so much again for uh, having me back. It's always great to be having this conversation and be part of the tribe that's having this conversation for women of color so um as you mentioned my name is maureen green james and i have the opportunity as in my day job i would say um to be the north america leader of inclusion and leadership development but as a what i like to call a contributor to the overall gig economy i'm also a founder and ceo of mgj speaks so mgj like my initials maureen green james mgj and MGJ speaks is an advisory consultancy which Provides tailored keynote speeches, leadership development program facilitation, and most importantly, um, the career coaching services leg of my company. Um, and I do that for all, you know, companies and professionals at all levels of their careers. And so, you know, while MGJ Speaks is um, certainly new, I just launched earlier this month. The services and what I provide to my clients is not new to me. It's something that I've been doing in my career for a very long time. And so now I'm happy to have the opportunity to monetize my services and bring my worth to um, external clients. So, very excited to be here and be part of this conversation, Karen. Thanks so much again.
0: Thank you so much, Maureen. Amber, why don't you tell us a little bit about your side hustle?
2: Um, Yes, um, again, thank you for having me again. My name is Amber Connage. Like Maureen said, during my day job, I am a manager for a local DMV here in um, Hillsborough County. And also as my side hustle, um, I have a company called Designs by Lynn. Lynn is my middle name, and that's usually people who know me from the business world know me as Lynn. But it is a company where I do custom gifts and crafts, t-shirts, cups, Anything that you can think of that you could personalize for someone for a gift. I do. I can even make personalized greeting cards. Um, I can make designs and logos. Um, I've been in business for about a year now. I've been tinkering with it for a couple of years, but decided to buckle down and get serious within the last year or so. And I've been doing pretty good. But if you're looking for that gift to get that special somebody, I'm your girl.
0: Thank you very much for that, Amber. And so, G, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do?
3: Um, thank you again for having me. It's always great to be on. Um, well, again, my name is Janine Graves. I am a mom, a wife. Uh, uh, dur- over, you know, during the day, I am a uh, marketing executive. And of course, I am also the CEO and founder of Cook Prey which is a food and lifestyle blog. Um, and my experience in the entrepreneurial world is that uh, it's not new for me. I've been doing um, marketing, uh, consulting, and freelancing work for quite some time now. Um, But with Cook Prey Slay, I'm actually able to bring in my passion for um, not only cooking, but also just, you know, resonating with fellow busy working moms out there who are trying to just Manage it all, and uh you know between kids and uh relationships and, and work and just balancing everything, how do we nurture our families and how do um we take care of our families, whether it's cooking or you know organizing and just you know navigating life as as a busy you know woman um monetizing is definitely you know um uh, it's a priority, but it I recognize that you know um with my particular um, business, that's something that's going to come down the line right now. At this point, I'm really just learning and wrapping my arms around that. So I look forward to kind of having that um, discussion with you all of how you manage to kind of scale your businesses and also just really, you know, um, scale to the whole, you know, needing the hookup. And, and we all know that, and we'll get into that conversation. But Being a marketer and someone with a graphic design background, I'm very familiar with the hookup and folks expecting you to give them the hookup. So I'm really looking forward to this uh, conversation.
0: Thank you so much, G. And so she's given you guys a bit of a clue of what we're going to be talking about today. So that was a perfect segue. And this topic came to me. um, I listened to a podcaster whose podcast is called Side Hustle Pro, and she Um, introduces you to women of color, African-American women who have their own businesses. They started as a side hustle and maybe now they're doing it full time. And one of the things they all talked about that they struggled with was was this notion of what I'm calling pay to play or the side hustle or or I'm sorry, not the side hustle, but the hookup. So how do you learn how to monetize or to put value to the skill set that you have? How do you deal with people who don't always want to pay for your expertise? And, you know, just how all that process works. And so I'll give you a quick story about me. So obviously I have the blog and the podcast. And for me, I struggled with calling myself an expert when it came to understanding how to navigate, you know, the education system, the government for a special needs child. And I guess in my mind, I was thinking I needed to have some sort of credentials behind my name until I really was able talking to a friend and it came up because I was asked to speak to a group. Uh, that they had at this particular corporation for families who had children with disabilities. And I thought, wow, I have been researching and doing this for 16 years. My daughter is 18, and she came to us when she was two, because as you guys know, she was adopted from foster care. And so for 16 years, I have been researching, grinding, and I thought, wow, that does make me an expert. But I had trouble calling myself that and then knowing what to place as a value on that knowledge that I had. And so I'm wondering, um, and Maureen, I'll start with you, if as you were building out your business and you have just uh, started recently, did you struggle with any of that and being able to put value to what you could bring to people?
1: Yeah, no, thanks for the question, Karen. And the answer, the, the short answer is yes. Um, so I have been, you know, working in the HR and people profession for like many years. And it's really given me the opportunity to hone my skills as a speaker, as a workshop facilitator, and also the opportunity to coach people through their careers, if, no matter what, you know, point in their career they were at. But what I, it never really occurred to me until people started saying it to me that I could, I should, not could, I should be monetizing my services, especially when I am speaking to audiences outside of the current organization that I was working for. And so when I started to really think about, you know, what that could look like, and then of course there were people, you know, in my village, I like to call it my tribe, who were saying to me, Maureen, you know, seriously, you really need to do this and stop playing around. When I finally decided that I needed to really focus on um, seeing if I could build up like a clientele of of companies that would actually be interested in hearing what I have to say on specific topics related to things like leadership development and executive presence and professional branding and diversity inclusion, all of those topics I I speak about, um, it was hard. Because a lot of times they were organizations that I had worked with in some shape or form. They may have been a client of the company that I was working for. And so people knew me and were just like, you know, so Maureen, can you do this? Maureen, do you mind speaking here? Do you mind doing this here? And I would always just say yes. Because in my mind, I was thinking, well, of course, why wouldn't I do it? I've done it for them before. And so it was a few people in my village that really said to me, you know, you really need to stop. Just giving this away. And then it was a good friend of mine, um, who actually, she actually posted something on Instagram and it was the thing that kind of made me halt. And she said, um, if you want people to invest, stop giving it away for free. And I remember looking at that and thinking, okay, now's the time. Like this, this is a, this is a direct message, but people don't always want to give you what you're worth. And you really, you know, you have to be, you know, kind of hold steadfast to the fact that one, you are worthy and two, you have to know what that worth is. And three, you need to stick to that. I know we're going to talk more about that, but there is definitely the challenge of not recognizing that you really should be doing something with this, the the skill and expertise that you have other than giving it away for free.
0: Thank you. And I, I love that. Uh, could you say that again? What was it? If you want people to invest, stop giving it away for free. Yeah, that, that resonated with me. Yeah. <laughs> just hearing you say that just now really resonated. Gee, why don't you give us a little bit of, of your background and experience? I know maybe not so much for Cook Price Slay, but even as a uh, graphic designer and marketer, just how was it for you when it
3: was time to say, hey, this is what I'm worth? Absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I've been... Doing this line of work now, gosh, for at least twenty years now. And um, I started off as a graphic designer, and one of my very first roles actually um, uh, was with a uh, a, a heavy, a major industrial equipment firm. Um, You all have heard of them, but anyhow, I'm not, I'm I'm not, I'm not going to give them a free plug at this moment. But (laughs) you know, at the time, you know, I I was young and um, just full of you know just just wanting to be out there and and doing it as much as i can and um i love doing the work and i love my craft and um you know so at the time you know um i i put in several years and and i got really good at it okay so this is another thing that i'm really working on myself with and i'll give the advice and say you know what and karen i know i've said this to you several times you are an expert in your field don't be don't be afraid to just scream it from the rooftops. And you know what? I have to admit, I'm working on it myself, okay? But anyhow, I am an expert (laughs) when it comes to graphics and creative and creative direction. And at the time, like I said, I'm going to go back to my story. Um, This company, uh, you know, they went through some organizational changes and and many of those um, executives at the time exited the company and started their own Uh, firms. And so I started getting calls from these guys saying, Hey, you know, gee, we know how great you are at this. I need a logo. I need a flyer. I need a website. I need this. I need that. And of course, you know, me at the time, you know, I, I, you know, I was a little younger and a little bit more naive. And all I knew was that I loved doing what I did. You know, I, I I did it. So I just started, you know, oh, you need a logo? Yeah, sure. No problem. I'll knock it out over the weekend or whatever, or after work, whatever. And it just, it just hit me one day, you know, and, you know, I just kind of started thinking about, wow, people charge thousands, tens of thousands of dollars for branding and logo development, branding development, corporate development. And here I am just giving it all away. (laughs) and i can't depend on at at, at that time i kind of you know the light went off and i'm like of course it's not up to them to say you know what janine i know i'm asking you for this logo and i'll pay you for it hey if look if i'm gonna if this girl is gonna design this logo for me for free why not you know so you know it's like I said, you know, it's it's just one of those things where, you know, when you really love what you do, you kind of, and just like, you know, Maureen said, you love what you do, you're in the thick of it, and you figured, okay, I'm already doing it for this organization, and you just kind of get into this mindset, and you kind of, it just autopilot, you know, and so, like I said, that kind of woke me up, and after, you know, the third or fourth free logo that I designed, it's like, okay, wait a minute, timeout. <laughs> Here I am, you know, busting my butt over the weekend or after hours to develop this branding piece that this person's going to take and really run with their company. And they're going to be monetizing. And I'm just giving it away for free. You know, I try to bring that into my role now, um, with, with the blog. And, you know, again, it's a little bit different. The blogging world is Karen, as you know. Um, but again, when, as I am now really working to really, you know, uh, collaborate with other brands, this is what I bring to the table. And you have to know that you have to know your worth and you have to realize that, yes, it is absolutely worth something.
0: Thank you so much for that, G. So I'm gonna have again. I've I've done a couple of podcasts in the last few days, and I feel like I'm getting coaching sessions. It's so exciting. So, um, so far I think I've definitely learned that we have to really own what we're worth, uh, as well as standing in that even when people maybe want to question it, because obviously everybody wants something for free. Um, And so Amber, I know for you, it's a little different because you have kind of goods and services, well, goods that you are actually selling. And so I'm interested to see how was it for you when people that you knew saw your business and was like, oh, maybe I can get a couple of shirts from her for free? Or how did you figure out how to put value to what you're doing I know some of it is based on okay obviously this is how much I paid for this shirt and for the things that went into making it and so here's how I'm going to charge but what was that process like for you and did you get any pushback have you had people try to get you to come down on your price
2: um yes i all of that has happened to me and just as a little side note too at my current job what I think is funny is that um you know, I work at a local DMV, I'm a manager there. I've been there for twenty years, and I'm very knowledgeable there, what I do. And it's a job where you can kind of help people. But the funny part is is that people still want, Um, information and they think that I can do something with discounts, like I work at Sears and I can just give you 10% off this dress just because you're at my register. So I think it's kind of funny that even in my workplace, you still have people who will ask me questions and say, are you sure? Um, Are you sure? Well, I'm going to ask somebody else or they will come and they say, well, you know, how much do you pay? You can't give me your price. And I'm, you know, that's my price. That's what I pay. But it's even weird how people are so desperate that they want any kind of discount for anything at all. Um, But as far as my other hustle, which is Designs by Lynn, I've experienced all of that where in the beginning, you know, there's certain items that I gave away for free. Um, There were certain events that I participate in and maybe gave away my item as a gift. Um, But at some point, you know, you have to get into the actual selling part. And I know that there are some individuals that just can't believe that something would cost this much. You know, what we do is personalization and it's specific to what you're asking for down to the type of shirt, down to the color. Um, and so what they don't realize is all of that takes time and effort, um, and it may cost more than it would be if you went into a store that had a pre-printed shirt already or a pre-printed cup or a pre-printed plate or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, I've had people down to the point where I've given them the price, and they have said to me, well, how much did you pay for the shirt? Well, how much did the paper cost you? Well, how much did the ink cost you? Um, and I have to politely think of a way. I, you know, I'm a little... Pushed back by that because you just look at the price or listen to it. If you don't agree with it or if you don't want to pay that, you say, "Oh, thank you so much for your information," and move on. I would never ask someone, "Well, how much did you pay for this?" or "What is your, you know, price?" First of all, if this is a business, I'm not going to give you the exact price. Oh, this cost me ten dollars, and so you only have to pay ten dollars. Um, and that's what these people are thoroughly expecting. Um, so it was a little shocking to me in that. Um, more so, I've had maybe relatives, not immediate close relatives, but little distant relatives thinking that because that they've known you that, oh, I can just get her to do this for me. And they kind of want to look like a big shot to their friends. So it's like, oh, I can get it done for this price where you've never even asked me the price, how much it costs, you know, what does this kind of thing cost, those kinds of things. Um, I I think that Facebook and Instagram have been very good in is that I can join groups that are people of my like trade. And in those groups, we do discuss that often. And sometimes they have given me good ideas about ways that I can answer people, Um, maybe things that you can offer. You know, maybe I know this person and I'll give them free shipping or different things like that to assist people. But they all encourage all of us in there and say that, you know, your price is your price. You know what your time is worth. You know what the, the product that you have that you're putting out is worth. You know, the effort that you put it in and you know what that's worth and you need to stand on that and know that, okay, I'm giving a good price. This is, you know, this is what my product and what my time and what I'm valued at. And here it is. And if you don't like it, unfortunately, you know, you have to take the risk that someone may go to someone else. Um, Maybe if there is a flexible thing that you can do, hey, I found this exact same thing for this price. Can you match it? And if it's possible for me to match it, I've done that before. Um, But I think a lot of the times it's in the person's presentation and how they come at you and what they say to you. You know, I don't mind adjusting my price, maybe giving the quote unquote hookup to someone, but I think it's all in presentation too. You know, coming at me and asking me how much I paid for the products that I have is not a good way for you to start on getting any kind of discount from me at this point. Thanks,
0: Amber. I really appreciate that. I I know that um, for me, um, it it always amazes me as well when people think, especially when it's a small business. I mean, I guess you'd never walk into Target and ask the buyer for Target or the sales clerk, well, how much did you guys pay for this shirt? And I think sometimes when it's a small business, people tend to think that it's okay to kind of ask those questions or if it's somebody you know that you'd never ask in any other setting. Um and so playing off of that, Amber, you kind of touched on it, but um gee, tell me. Uh, in the past especially with that great example you gave when you were giving out the logos for free at first and then you thought you know what there's a value for what I'm giving how would you handle or how have you handled when you know let's say you got a a a referral because the last guy got it for free so it's like hey call Janine she can do it for you and she didn't even charge me how do you deal when you've set your price and now people want to say I don't want to pay that
3: Well, I know for me, I tried different things, especially, um, in my uh, earlier years when I was really trying to, to, uh, you know, get into the business and really, you know, develop some relationships. And, you know, to be honest, there were a lot of times where I sacrificed, you know, like I knew that what I was providing the service that I'm providing for this client, I, I have completely just undermined my, you know, my skills and what I'm bringing to the table because I charge this person, you know, maybe way less than what I initially was thinking. And so you kind of, when you get started, it's a little bit more difficult because at the point you're really trying to, if I could just get my foot in the door, you know, if I could just get a couple of clients under my belt, but you have to be really careful when you do that because it does become you you set a precedent right and it it almost becomes like well you know they start talking you know these businesses they talk and people talk and you know they they give recommendations and it's like oh okay well she provided the service for me for x amount of dollars and i'm sure she could do the same thing for you here's her number and then that person will call and then it's like well wait a minute you did it for so and so so to be honest to keep it as fair as possible i really I really go by um, individualized cases and I draft up contracts based off of that. You know, I tried the whole flat fee thing. And because of the line of work that I do, it's so specialized. So I can't really approach it as a one size fits all as opposed to, you know, if I'm um, providing like a a tangible product, I think it it would be a little bit easier to go that route Um, because I am service related it, it's all, it all varies. So that's a conversation that I really have with my clients on the individual basis. And we have that talk and they know from the get go, you know, I'm handling this on an individual, on individual cases. And this is the agreement that we sign. And I tell you what, I don't start anything without the paperwork done. I mean, I I, I have to have a signed upon agreement because that's, where things go left, you know, because folks tend to interpret things the way they want to interpret it based off of, you know, what whatever preconceived notions they have. So um, that part, I try to keep really rigid because I don't want to waste my time and I don't want to waste the customer or the, the client's time. So let's come to an agreement and craft, you know, a contract based off of that. Um, so I really, I... I don't want to say that I don't provide discounts, um, but I tend to word it to where, you know, here's what I bring to the table. Here's what my time is worth. I try to, I, I really, I don't think about what anyone else is doing. I really focus on my situation. And so here's what I bring to the table. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, you are more than welcome to explore whatever is out there, but you're going to get what you, what you pay for you know so that's kind of how I approach it I don't know I would love to hear how you how you all manage that piece thank you so
0: much for that gee I agree you you have a lot of that where you just really have to stand in what you know um you bring to the table and that's something I'm working on as well Maureen um how do you handle those situations and um and and how has it worked for you give us a, a few tips on what's
1: worked for you Sure. So I, I want to just jump in and touch on something that G also just shared, which is really around making sure that they know that they are good and comfortable to walk away and to do some competitive pricing searches and those kinds of things, um, because they will, you know, you're, you're, the people who are accustomed to you just kind of giving it to them um, are always going to come back to you, right? They, be, they know that this is the product that you've given them before this is the expertise what's great behind it um and it's also about the relationship that you have with that customer so they will come back but you've got to make sure you really do stand firm you know on on what you're asking for um but to answer karen going back to your your question and how you handle those things so this is very, very interesting for me um because i have you know, long been in the position of, and I'll just use my career coaching services. I've been coaching people throughout their careers, everyone from people first starting out in their careers, all the way up to executives who are either still within an organization and been there for 25 years, or they're leaving the organization and they're getting ready to side, you know, to do their own side hustle. So that is like the the broad range of individuals that I've coached over the, the past, like 20, 25 years or so. So here's the thing. It's going to be very new for me to now say to people because I have what I call repeat customers. It's going to be very new for me to actually say to them, okay, so um, here, here's what you know, here's what I'm my, here's what I'm going to offer you based on what you're looking for. Here's my price. And what I do know is that I have been doing it long enough for free that I know exactly what I want to charge for those services. The thing that's going to be new and different for me is actually saying that to people and in my head thinking they're going to say to me, Oh really? Okay. Well, I can't do this anymore. Here's the thing. You're not going to get that anyplace else. You're not going to get the relationship that you have with me anyplace else. You're not going to get the tried and tested time of actually working with you and coaching you throughout your career to, you know, to your excellence, to, your you know, your success. You're going to have to find whoever that is on the outside and start from scratch. So if you want to go ahead and do that, that's absolutely fine. It's totally up to you, but just know that you get all of that and then some, but now you just have to pay a price for it. So and then so I think having a plan and really being able to stick to what that plan is and what your uh, G to 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 your point and and Amber you you also mentioned this too thinking about the the time the energy the materials like I create materials for the people that I coach for them to kind of sit down take some time and work through their what what do they want to do I always start with by saying to people okay so what do you want to be when you grow up. And there's a whole plan that people need to do and actually have to fill out. So I create those materials. So when you think about the time and energy you're putting in there, you, got, you have to really make sure that you're sticking to your price. And so that's what I plan to do going forward is this is my price. Here's what you know you're going to get because you've already had it before. But now you are also going to be paying for it. And then I would also add that on the, um, the uh, speaking and facilitation side of MGJ Speaks, um, I, I've recently had an experience where a former company that I worked for actually came to me about two, three months ago. So admittedly it was before MGJ speaks was launched. However, I already had my plan. I already knew what I was going to be charging people. And here's the thing. You don't have to have like the official name on the shingle and the site and all of that to actually, you know, charge people, right? and so when they came to me they came to me asking me to basically do them you know give it to them for free because they were accustomed to me doing that i worked there for a very long time and even after i left there two years ago they i'd already i'd gone back there to speak and so this time i was already getting ready to you know launch MGJ speaks i had already written up my contract i you know i had a contract in place and i told them okay Let me know, you know, what is it that you're looking for? How much time are we talking about? What's the, what's the audience, you know, give me the demographics, all of that information. And then I can get back to you with, you know, my contract. And as soon as I said the word contract, everything changed. And they basically said to me, they really didn't have um, the funding in the budget for that. And I said, well, then that's totally fine. Um, Come back to me when you do. And that was it, and I have heard from them since, and now they want to talk again for something that they have coming up in the fall. But it was very interesting how it just the conversation just kind of shut down once I said the word contract because they were so used to me giving it away for free. So again, it's all about just you know standing firm in what you're you know what you're asking for. If you, you know, you have to have you know the courage to ask for whatever it is that you want to get in life and i think that's really the way that you know we need to approach it especially um in the the types of things that all three of us are talking about in terms of what we offer right and karen even in, in terms of what you're offering got to stand firm in that and let people know that um i just think that that's it's great critical to do it i don't think it's an easy thing to do um but it's necessary
0: Thank you, Maureen. No, it isn't easy at all. I still struggle with it a bit. I have a question. I'm going to ask you guys about that in a moment. But, Gee, there was something you wanted to add?
3: Yes, absolutely. So as Maureen was given her um, example, I tell you what, I, there are so many opportunities or so many times that that's happened, that same exact thing happened to me where the moment I spoke of the word contract shut down, and that's a wrap. <laughs> like, I, am t- I, I'm, t- I'm sitting here laughing because I can rattle off at least five or six times where, you know, that's happened to me. And you know, I kind of would do the same thing. You know, you know, well, I understand. And you know, when you're ready, you know, I'm always here, or we can revisit, or whatever it is. And that's that. And there were some opportunities or times where uh, folks would then come back and say. Well, or, or there, it, it was very clear that their expectation was for me to back down. So that part, I just wanted to kind of amen that because I, that resonates with me and, um, and I'm sure it continues for each of you because to this day that happens to me and it happens more than you think. And I know, Amber, I think you've had a little bit of experience
0: with that in terms of, um, I know as you were learning the business and some of the equipment that you used, um, you found that um, people were really cautious about giving that information because, again, once they've done all that work and research, you don't want to just give it away. And um, just could you talk a little bit about what you experienced and now that you can call yourself an expert, what you've experienced when other people have now wanted to piggyback off of the hard work that you did to research and learn your craft?
2: Um, yes, um, I know in the beginning when I started doing it, um, I was a little intimidated. I would look at other people's products and say, man, I don't know if I'm ever going to get that good or can I do that? And I was, you know, a little doubtful of myself um, when I really made the decision to kind of dive into it. I was like you said, started doing my own research. I started looking up things. I would ask some people questions. Um, some people you can tell they really weren't giving you the proper answer or an answer at all. Um, and they would just kind of vaguely answer your question. Sometimes the little bit of information that they give, they gave me would lead me to another place where I could find out some additional information. Um, and so eventually I found myself you know getting better, really learning it for myself. When I learned this one little thing, it opened up this many doors. And recently, um, I was at an event and the young lady came around and she asked me what type of equipment I had. And she's asked me if her sister could call me. And um, even though it was a proud moment, because, you know, I'm going through this thing where I'm having this learning process. And it's like, whoa, now somebody's asking me questions that I was asking not too long ago. But I thought it was kind of sad because nobody, she basically had this machine and She could turn it on and that was about it. She didn't know some of the simple things or just some of the basic things that you can do and no one would answer them for her. Um, They felt like that she would be a competitor. They felt like, I guess, that they would take her clients or, well, I don't know really how they felt, but nobody would answer just simple questions. And I remember discussing it with you, Karen, and I was saying that, gosh, this lady wants to meet with me. And then that's when I have the problem of, man, I see what people's issue was, you know, like how much do I tell her? Do I tell her everything that I know? Do I tell her, you know, just a little bit to get her started? Or, you know, I kind of felt bad, too, in the beginning where I'm asking simple questions and you wouldn't tell me. And maybe I couldn't afford to pay whatever fee you were charging at that time, which I just, you know, politely moved on. Um, Or maybe I just thought, man, you're, you know, charging me twelve dollars just to tell me how to push the on button. But that's something you know that I don't. Um, So I didn't want to be rude and I wanted to help the young lady. So um, what I decided to do was just give her the basics. Um, It's something that I had never done before. So yes, unfortunately, I didn't charge for that kind of thing. But I kind of wanted to see how it went, what I would say, um, what I would do. And the things that I told her were just really basic. And I really realized that, you know, I really couldn't have told her everything that I've known um, in that short amount of time. But I also had, you know, struggled with somebody helped me. And so because somebody helped me or somebody gave me some information, I would like to help someone else with that. But yes, at some point it's going to be how much help are you just going to give out for free, you know, and what are you going to give out for free Um, with my business? It's a little bit different. So sometimes I will, um, you know, discuss things with you for free or give you just some basic tips for free. Or even consult with you about an idea if you're having some issues or trying to figure out a t-shirt design or something that you want. We will talk very um, vague information, but just get the basics of what you're looking for. And I will do those things for free. But the more in-depth that we get, um, you do have to charge because like Maureen said, it's your time. Your time. I'm doing research just to give you the proper material so that you can continue and do the research. So, you know, I think in the beginning, like you said, we all do it for free, which I met with this young lady for free. And the things that she was asking and looking for were very simple. She's just looking to do it as a hobby. Um, And they were very simple. And she may turn around and, you know, she may start doing things. And she's reached out to me one other time to ask a simple question. Um, And I answered the question. And I told her that I would be there to help her as much as I could. Um, Up until we get to a certain point. But um, it is a struggle because I think to myself, man, so many people helped me and gave me ideas. But I have to also realize that I didn't depend on them. I didn't depend on their help or me answering questions. I let me asking them the questions open up a door for me that made me be able to research better and actually look up things for myself.
0: And I can relate to that, Amber. I know you and I talked about this. And I think there is some value in paying it forward in that you can give somebody some information to get them started in the right direction. I think there's enough room in this big world for all of us with the gifts and the talents and the things we want to do. But I do remember telling you, you know, you know, you give her the basics and after that, you know, you want to be a client. Sis, this is how much it is per project, per hour, whatever. Because I agree, when people get to where they're depending on you or expecting you to just give all your knowledge away, um, that's when it becomes an issue, but I think paying it forward a little bit, um, isn't something that, um, is a bad thing. Amber, you wanted to add something to that?
2: I just wanted to I was curious how anybody else felt this way, but I kind of felt proud of myself. It was like I go from not knowing much until actually somebody's asking me a question and asking me how to do something. So just a little tidbit. It was like a little proud moment for me too. as much confusion as it causes. of Do you charge? Do you not? But it's almost kind of like a proud moment because you, you feel like you've arrived. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else felt that way.
0: Um I know I had that moment when I um first started with the blogging and podcasting. I've had a few people ask questions. So that really pumped me up a little bit. G, you
3: wanted to respond to that? Absolutely, Amber. Um that has happened to me before too. And I tell you what, that that feeling you get of just not only being happy that you were able to help somebody, but it's almost kind of like a high, isn't it? Like you just it's like, "Oh wow, just not too long ago I was that person." Or, you know, I was asking those questions, and now here I am, and I'm able, and I'm blessed enough to be in a position where I could at least help this person, uh, you know, now kind of figure out, okay, well, what's my next step? Or this opened up something else. Well, let me research this. And so it's almost kind of better than being paid monetarily, if that even makes sense. I mean, and I say that with much caution. I mean, trust me, we all... You know, we all want to monetize, but especially those very first moments where you do kind of start realizing like, oh, wow, I think I might know a little something, you know, or it's like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, so it does. I, I want to, you know, just kind of, you know, agree with you on that. I mean, that that's a really great moment when you start realizing that you are coming into that role of expert and being able or being in a position where you can help others. So that's awesome.
0: Thanks, G. Maureen, you had something you wanted to contribute to that.
1: I did. So the one thing I wanted to say, I just wanted to give it a word, and that word is validation. Right? We all are. When that happens, that moment, that is sheer validation of the fact that you put in the time and the energy and the work to get to where you are, and you don't even really think about it as it's happening. It's it's just kind of organic, and it just happens. And then at some point, when you do realize hey, did I just do that? That is sheer validation. And it really is the thing that drives us to go forward and be great, right? And so I I think, you know, when we're thinking, when we're talking about this, and we're talking about it, you know, as women of color, you know, everybody needs and wants to be validated. But when you're doing what we're doing, which is kind of putting ourselves out there and, you know, really taking ourselves up a notch. We're totally leveling up. Um, That validation is almost necessary because it encourages us to want to be more, to do more, to give more to our clients. But it also encourages us to have that deep confidence in the fact that we really do know our worth. We just have to be able to articulate that and we need to be able to stick to it when it matters.
0: Thank you so much, Maureen. That leads to um, the next question I want to ask you guys. And then um, I'll have you each give one little tip you want to give to somebody who may be listening today. So how did you overcome the fear, for lack of a better word, of really valuing what you could bring to the table and knowing your worth? I said earlier that for me, calling myself an expert in this space um, of understanding how this special needs world works was very difficult for me. Now, I've always been, for whatever reason, confident in my ability to write. That's another service that I offer. Um, I've always felt like you cannot take that away from me. And I don't know if it's because I went to school for it. It was always something that I gravitated towards. But calling myself an expert and putting a value to, hey, if you want to know everything that I know, if you want me to be able to, to do for you what I had to do for myself, there's a value to that. And it was hard for me to really stand up and be able to um, say, hey, I'm an expert. So what do you think for each of you, what caused you to be able, what caused you to be able to get past that fear of calling yourself the expert and knowing that there's value in what you bring to the table? And G, I'll start with you.
3: Um, so for me, um, I think it's when I start, when when people started noticing what, what I was doing and then asking questions, you know, or just reaching out to me or, you know, giving me a call or texting me or social media or whatever. Folks just started asking like, oh, well, you know, how did you go about doing this or how'd you go about doing that? And, you know, of course me just being a natural helper and I love to help people and share information. um, You know, I just, I kind of had, you know, that, those voices inside of me that would say, you know, oh, gosh, you sound conceited, or, and I know you all struggle with the same thing, you know, like, you know, the, those voices, I'm I'm telling you, it's just like, oh, you sound really conceited, or look, look at you, like, really, you just sound full of yourself, but you have to get over that at some point, and so for me, it was, you know, it, it didn't happen overnight, it, you know, it, it wasn't a flip of a switch, it's just having those constant moments of, you know, getting out of my head and realizing that, you know what, I may trip up here and there, you know, I I might screw up, you know, and just allowing myself to do that and allowing myself to, to live in my truth. And I know I've said that a few times, but that really is what it's all about. Um, and just getting over what others might think of you, or, you know, just, some of those insecurities that we all, you know, f- are faced with. Um, so but I'm telling you that it's like those voices inside, they're powerful, man, and if you if you let them overtake you, you'll never you'll never get to where you want to be.
0: Thank you so much, G. So, Amber, what would you say was a way that you were able to get over that? I really like what G was saying. I think I've had that, too. You feel like you're being conceited or puffed up when you say, I'm good at this and I know this and it's worth something. Uh, So what did you have to do to kind of get over that? I think we've all acknowledged that it's just kind of a fear in the beginning. What did you do to get past that to be able to really put value to what you're bringing to the table in your business?
2: Um, I think it's similar to what we were talking about before. Um, I think a lot of it is what helped me was validation of others, and not that I was looking for anybody to compliment or anything like that. But in the beginning, you know, I did a lot of things that I was making for my family. Poor family, they got stuck with all kind of stuff in the beginning. But you know, i made we liked it. <laughs> But, you know, i made certain things for them. Um, I, you know, my, my group of friends are sisters that we have. I've made things for trips that they've gone on. And just the simple fact that it kind of validated me when I got a phone call from one of them saying, hey, so-and-so saw my shirt. And they were like, where could they get another one? Like, they really like it. Or someone called me and said they saw my cup and they really wanted it. Um, I've made a, a cups for a group of girls that went on a trip. And I actually got a text back from somebody saying, oh, my gosh, I really love this cup. I really appreciate it. And I think those little moments are what kind of helped build my confidence and said, you know what, I think I kind of do know what I'm doing. Like, you know, this is kind of cool. And in my business, it's almost like I, you know, I'm like, did they like it? Did they like it? You know, so sometimes the validation for me is what helps. And it also can be a learning process. Like Janine said, you're going to mess up sometimes. Something's going to happen. Somebody's not going to like the product that you have, or somebody's not going to like what you told them or what you did for them. But it's a learning process. What can I do differently for next time? Or what was wrong with it where I could make it different? Sometimes it's something that I just can't do. And maybe it's a craft that I don't want to learn or that I just haven't learned yet. And sometimes there are things that I can correct and say, you know what, so next time this will be better when I offer this to this person or I make this for this person. So for me, it's the, the validation of others, not that I need that. But because in the type of business I have, to know that you actually liked and enjoyed something that I gave you or presented to you or made for you, whether you were a client or whether it was a gift, um, really does my heart good. And it kind of makes me feel like, you know, I I must kind of know what I'm doing. Must be doing something right. Thank you so much, Amber. Maureen, how about you?
1: You know, I, I think so. All of you, everybody said, you know, all of the everything that I was thinking. I don't even know if I could like put that into any kind of better summary because I think it's all of of those things. And um just tying on to Amber's last point about validation, I think that's key, but I think, you know, G you also said something about those voices in your head and I think you, it's really, you know, finding a way to keep those things at at bay. And sometimes um it comes from <laughs> it comes from your close family who's like, "Ooh, girl." Hmm probably not something that I would have done or said, you know, people who are gonna keep it real with you, right? And you tribe to kind of keep you, you know, keep all, keep you humble, but at the same time really um raise you up. And so those are the things that I that I find necessary for me to really help to help me to kind of balance out and recognize, you know, yeah, I'm I'm pretty good at this, but also recognize the things where I'm not and where I need to improve. Um, and, and I'm never, I always say that I'm a work in progress and people always look at me like I'm strange when I say that. And I say it because at the end of the day, I believe we all are because none of us are perfect. And I think there's always an opportunity to learn more. Um, and if you're not taking the opportunity to do that, then you kind of get stuck in that space of, I'm not really good at this, or I'm not an expert at this, but if you're continuously learning and leveling your game up. You know, you're, you get to that point where you are, you're comfortable in saying, I am an expert and I want to be treated like an expert. And therefore, I'm going to be charging for my services and what I bring to the table as the expert that I know that I am. And so I think it's just kind of, you know, having those messages resonating with you on a regular basis.
0: Thank you, Maureen. So I was going to ask you guys to give a tip. For somebody who finds themselves in this space where they're trying to really learn to value what they bring to the table. But I think in your last uh, comments, you guys really did a good job of that. And so instead, I want each of you to give me one thing that you want to achieve in your business in 2020. And I'll give you a second to think about it. I'll give you one that I would like to be able to do. And that is, um, I think that networking with social media, which is a great way to start when you're blogging and podcasting, but once we're able to move about, obviously we can't do a lot of that right now, but just really honing in on my Uh, networking outside of social media and moving to that next level where I can partner and begin to see the monetization side of what I'm doing uh, begin to grow and flourish. That's really what I want to focus on in 2020. And who am I going to make go first? Amber, what are you, one thing that you think you want to see achieving your business in 2020?
2: I know for me, um, some of it is me having better equipment and being a little bit more organized. So for me this year, I am really concentrating on getting different equipment where I can expand my business and offer different things and offer different services. So that's what my focus on is really doing research on the best equipment that I can get and what I can do. And just like we've always said, I think your best competitor or the best person you to compete with is you. So I will leave my little segment saying a quote that I probably have up hanging up at my office and I have it in my bedroom, but it says the only person you should try to be better than is the person that you were yesterday. And I think if we all do that, then we can all grow our business and be successful.
0: I love that quote. Thank you, Amber. So Gee, what about you?
3: Amber, I love that quote. I, I, I think I'm going to need that. Like you're going to have to text that over to me. I love that. For me, the main thing is, um, Finding new ways connecting with my audience for you know growing my audience that's always a goal, but also finding other avenues of connecting with my my folks. So uh, video that's one area that is a goal of mine that in twenty twenty um, I want to do more of. Whether it's creating a you know a YouTube channel, doing more stories on Instagram, whatever it is. But I I'm really looking for ways that I can um, not only grow, but also connect and find ways for my audience to uh, communicate with me and we can have a dialogue. And as well as um, I'm going to echo some of your goals, Karen, is to um, uh, really leverage more uh, 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 networking beyond social media, um, signing up for some uh, conferences and getting just around like-minded folks um, and really just digging in and, uh, you know, growing the business and, and just keep, keep, keep on keeping on pretty much.
0: Thank you, G. Amber, that quote really got Janine. So hopefully you'll be able to send that over to her. And if you also give it to me, I'll be sure to put it in the show notes. And Maureen, let's end with you. What is a goal you have for your business for 2020?
1: Yes. So because it's so new, fresh, hot, you know, you know, at the moment, um, I think, one of the key things I'd like to do is I've made a I've set a goal to have at least ten um, speaking opportunities, paid speaking opportunities, between now and the end of the year. Interestingly enough, I actually was uh, I actually received one in February, which was I it was completely unexpected, um, and so I was excited about that. And it was one of those things going back to the word validation again that really allowed me to think, wow. They, they 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 think I can do this, but not just they think they know because they've seen me do it before. So I really I'm really focusing in on 10 between now and the end of the year. but the other big thing for me this is this is the most critical is that I really need to um, focus on how I'm going to utilize my time because, you know, I do, you know, we all do have day jobs. And so I want to spend a lot of time and give all that I can to my day job because I enjoy what I do. But I also love MGJ Speaks. And it's a, you know, I love it because it's a, it's a, it was born out of a passion. It's, it's mine, like you all, you know, you own your thing. And so I want to really figure out the best way to utilize my time. Um, someone once said to me, Um, master time, or it will become your master. And so I really want to focus this year on figuring out a way to master my time so that I'm able to give good time and then good energy and all of myself um, to both of them without making myself crazy, if that's possible.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, Maureen. This was an amazing discussion, and I'm sure what you all shared today will be of a great help. It was a help to me to others who are searching uh, to be able to validate what they do and know that it is worth whatever they are charging. They are worth it. And so thank you for that. This is all the time we have for today. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions for my guests or if you want to hit me up at KDT at InMyShoesToday.com. Again, that's KDT at InMyShoesToday.com. We'd love to hear from you. I'll put information for all of these ladies in the show notes so that you can also reach out to them directly if you'd like to do that. And until next time, be blessed.